Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei. I'm a transformational coach, a breathwork teacher, and committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Jason Estes. Jason is the co-founder of Masters of the Void organization, whose purpose is to cultivate exploration and mastery of the self in order to set new standards for the world. And so with these words, welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. It's going to be really fun to play with you. I, I can't wait to see what we do. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I want to pass it right to you and, and, and just, just hear, you know, it's the beginning of June, um, hear from you what's, what's going on in the world, what's most required right now for people to pay attention to and uh, inside themselves, you know, in the space of void and stillness and self, and, but also yeah. on, on this outside, which, which seems to be a lot of chaos currently. Uh, there's definitely a lot of chaos going on in the world. And it's important to understand that if we add to the chaos, the chaos gains more power, more momentum. But there's also a beautiful movement occurring in the same time, and it's called the unity movement. And for those that haven't really paid attention to the news or the media, if you look up the unity movement, you'll actually start to see that people are hugging each other, that people are defending each other and balancing with each other. There's so much beauty happening in the midst of that chaos. So it's really up to us to focus on what we want to focus on. I choose to look at the videos of the officers that are holding the, the beings and just like they're both crying and they're both experiencing something together because I've never seen what we're seeing. It's like in the pandemic that just happened, we had the same thing. We had an opportunity to be afraid and terrified, or we could look at the kindness pandemic, which happened the next day after the actual pandemic. And the kindness pandemic was all these random acts of kindness people going out of their way to help everyone. It was the most beautiful thing I've seen. I saw what humanity is capable of. And in these riots and things, I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing more of what humanity is capable of. So yes, you can always look at the chaos and the confusion of the outside world, or you can look at the beauty of it and see what's happening in it. So for me, I, I prefer to like look at the beauty of it. As for what's happening, we're in the process of detoxing and becoming aware of the hidden games of this world. There's so much going on behind the scenes right now that most people don't know about. And as they begin to witness what's happening, the illusions of this world are falling apart. The reality that I call the inverted reality is over. We're now in true reality. And so everything has to be truth. And if it's not, it's just gonna fall apart. And that's what we're watching. We're watching the world stage fall apart so that we can see behind the curtain. And it's beautiful. You were asking me what it's going to be like kind of in the future. Well, this month, we mm. actually have something called the Celestial Integration Window, which starts, uh, I think today is the second, yeah. So it starts on the third, which is tomorrow. And that process of us integrating our celestial aspects into ourselves is going to be beautiful because we're going to have access to an infinite nature that we didn't before. We're going to start to remember things that we didn't ever study in this lifetime. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. But it's also going to be something that's going to bring up the things that aren't true within us. Because as we align with truth, we're going to know what truth actually is. And we're going to see it more in the world. And what isn't true, we're also going to see in the world. But we're going to see very clear. I love that the fact that this year is 2020. Because 2020 is clear vision. And there's no better way to describe what this year is. 
a few years ago, I said this year would be the year that the training wheels would come off and we would see where we really were as humanity. Well, mm -hmm. training wheels are officially off. Training wheels are off. We're seeing a lot implode and a lot of new things kind of taken off. I like that you, you know, right away brought it to this focus we have and like our, our quotation marks here, control within the midst of this chaos is to just refocus onto what's happening. And, you know, I, I like that perspective because it's, it's true. It's true in so many ways that there are new ways of how humanity is becoming one right now. We're all going through this truly together. And a lot of, a lot of the things that are showing up. They're like training wheels falling off. Yeah. Give us a bit so, more there. I'm curious. Yeah. So with the riots, for instance, uh, within two days, the same exact event happened in uh, the other side of the world on the, across the pond, so to speak. So, we have justice for Floyd and we have justice for, and I don't know the other person's name, so I'm not going to say it, but the exact same movement on two continents, it's pretty interesting if you, at the very least, the fact well, that we have- Well, even three continents, just to so, interject there for a second, like I know that in, in Brazil, for example, a very, very similar movement is happening because the systemic racism has just been a reality that almost everyone prefer to look away from. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, in three continents, the fact that it happened simultaneously is, is very interesting to me because this is a, a wound that needed to be highlighted. And you can look at it from that perspective if you want to. What, I, what I'll say is the thing that's needed more than anything right now is acceptance. And acceptance is so valuable. It's the actual premise that we stand on for the fourth dimension. So if we don't have acceptance, we fall back into victim. But if we have acceptance, we can stand strong in that. And that's where we begin to understand what unifying looks like. And I want to go ahead and point this out because a lot of you won't have ever heard me speak before. So acceptance and agreement are not the same thing. I can accept that the riots are happening. I don't have to agree with the riots. And that's important to understand because you don't have to agree with the things that you accept. You simply have to acknowledge that they are happening. And the moment that you do that, you begin to understand why they're happening at a greater level. And with that understanding, you actually begin to build into the higher principles of understanding. You also get triggered less because the more understanding you have, the less you can get triggered. Triggers are what happen when there's something that doesn't make sense. The more that you understand reality, the less things don't make sense. And that's the beauty of what's possible when we allow ourselves to accept the world as it is, we then begin to understand how we can change the world. And that's what we're all about. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, you're about changing the world. So learn to accept the world as it is so that you can change the world for the better because you will. It will happen naturally too. It's really cool. Yeah, that's a really powerful distinction. And, and I love it. I like how you're saying that acceptance is like what we're standing on as the foundation of, you referred to like 4D. And, you know, I've heard 5D, which is kind of this opening of, of humanity's consciousness right now that we're undergoing in this process has been referred to as like um, unconditional love, the possibility or ability to actually tr be connected to uh, what I would, you know, call like the, the true, like what's connecting everything, the truth that is, that is resonating in all forms of life, which is a form of love, right? And so yeah. this unconditional love that isn't possible without acceptance. It's not right. possible without looking at everything that is. And, you know, many teachers have, have shared this for thousands of years and, and just and be at peace with what is to then breathe in to that new open space, which is unconditional love. Yeah. So recently, actually, 
every month I recommend movies and TV shows. I believe that it's really helpful for us to visualize by witnessing what's happening. And so the one that I recommended this month is Mary Magdalene. And it is one of the best movies to understand what true love looks like, like the value of real love and the struggle of acceptance and knowing your own purpose in the world whenever, especially if you're a woman, because that process of finding your own purpose in this world as a woman is, is very challenging in the past. Now we're at this point where it's becoming easier for us to transition into more acceptance around women and men being equal. And that's beautiful because that's what has to happen, right? Equality in all things and all beings and all races, it doesn't matter. Everything has to be equal. We, we get to see each other as people, the end. It's not about race, gender, class, anything. It's simply just about being a person. Mm. And in the process, there's a lot to reconcile and accept, right? And, and that is oh, yeah. the layers of the old because, you know, I mean, this is, this is going to sound maybe a, a little bit uh, trigger warning here, a little wrong to some people, but, you know, I've seen this quote on the internet in this last week and I, I really resonated with it. It's like, this system isn't failing. Like this system was designed by semi-criminals that left the old continent Europe to come over to North America to, to, to um, encounter an indigenous species basically wipe them off the, the face of the earth, right? And then um, build up a new country with the help of slaves. And so um, we're just seeing a continuation of that. And so all of us who are alive right now who have this openness, this open heart, open mind, open will, as you said, like seeing each other just as people, as who we truly are, I think we, we still have to reconcile and become aware of what it truly means to be people on earth in 2020, which is to accept the entire string of the past in order to become present enough to say what's the future that's waiting for us yeah exactly so many people are doing what i call futuring which is they jump into the future and then they stay there which is the key to spiritual escapism being able to look at what's beautiful is awesome and i, I love it i think it's important but also being able to look at what's not considered beautiful yet and be able to accept it is just as important and the key is doing it back to back. So if I look at the riots, then I can see the riots as a totality and I can accept it. And as I accept it, I begin to see small pockets inside these, these riots that are actually beautiful, amazing moments of where humanity is coming together. And then if I, I continue to look at that, then I can start to see how that's affecting all the other riots. And you begin to see this greater picture emerging of what's happening, about the clearing that's occurring in this experience, about the contracts that are being completed so that we can build a new world. And you see, if we just look at the new world and we don't look at the old world and the process to becoming the new world, we actually never arrive at the new world because we, this is a necessary process that we're in. If we're not willing to face the wounds of the past, then we carry them forward with us into the next world. And that next world, I mean, I actually have a pretty solid date for it. I call it November 8th. I believe that's the day that we will transition into a new sector of consciousness as a race of beings, as humanity, not just as Earth. Earth actually already transitioned. It made its fifth dimensional ascent in uh, October 28th of 2017. So humanity did not make that ascension and everything kind of went, fell apart from there. But the good news was all of the things that needed to come up came up. We've looked at gender inequality. We've looked at classes. We've looked at races now. We've looked at our own individual mortality with the coronavirus. All these things that we once were afraid of, we've began to take a moment and just 
pause and look at them and be like, well, there's nothing I can do other than look at this now because it's so in my face. What am I going to do about it? How do it's I want so to? It's so in our face, right? But it's yeah. also like, it's, it's also like we've slowed down to actually look at it. Like if you think of our species, our society in the last, you know, 50, 60 years, it, it became exponentially more uh, speedy, sped up over like basically every six months. And then at some point we started to develop exponential technology. And if somebody from the year 1920 would, uh, you know, um, oh, it would be come into the year 2020, they'd probably just get dizzy by seeing everything that's happening. Right. And so we were on such a fast track, um, which many people call like almost like a fast track of self-destruction that now slowing down. And I think this is one of the positive uh, things we could focus on on the coronavirus pandemic is that it actually allowed us to say, wait a second, what are we doing on this planet? Or look, mother nature is taking a breath. If yeah. we slow down our air travel to 5% and we, 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 you know, I said this before on the show, but we, we only focus our purchases to what is essential and our business is only to what is essential. Then, well, everything that isn't essential, which is the big bulk of our old economy is just collapsing. Right. And so that of course brings up a lot of, um, challenge and a lot of trigger for everyone who is connected in that and everyone who has to, you know, find new ways to, um, make food, water, shelter in, in their life. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged and I guess so, so are you in many ways, but that is a challenge for us as humanity come together to help each other to arrive there together because we're, we can't leave each other alone. And I think as harsh as this might sound, um, we kind of needed this form of a trigger to really realize we're in this together. We're on the pale blue dot together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting concept. So the very first practice that anyone learns when they start the Master of the Void coursework is called the Great Pause. And the Great Pause is simply acknowledging something. So let's say, I am committing to drink this water. By bringing our divinity into the action, we remove the autopilot function of the action. And what the coronavirus did was it forced the world to go into a Great Pause. They had to go into self-reflection. They didn't have a choice. Like eventually you run out of distractions when you're stuck in your space for a long enough time. And I'm not saying that that was necessary. I don't think that a lot of the things that happened on this planet were necessary. I think it's what we chose. And from there now it's our choice to go through the consequences of those choices and also to learn about the beauty of them. I don't think that we needed violent riots to express our dissatisfaction with race and gender and class and all the other things that are coming up for people. I think that that's what we chose. I can accept those things. I can accept that the coronavirus is what we chose. I can accept that the riots are what we chose. Do I agree with that choice? No, because there's always a better way. But did we see it at the time? And the answer is obviously no, because we chose that. Humanity has a choice in this game. That's the thing that most people don't realize. They, they feel like they're powerless in this game, but they're not. They're actually the most powerful people there are. The people of this world, we are the greatest beings in time and space. We just don't remember it yet. And that's what the next years bring is that remembrance. That's what this celestial integration window is, is realizing our greater purpose on this planet, what we actually came for. And until we clean up the distractions of our lives, we really can't see clearly who we are. 
which is why all these things are occurring and why I don't think that they're going to stop anytime soon. I feel like we're going to have one more thing and then another thing and then another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And then a whole lot's going to come up. doesn't have to be physical, but a lot's going to come out about what's been going on behind the scenes, things like that. The corruption, different governments all over the world. It's all there. It's very obvious for some and for others, it, they're oblivious. And until everyone can look at it and accept it for what it was, which is the past, the most important thing for anyone listening that's like, oh, and just afraid right now, if you can see it, it doesn't have the power to be hidden, which is a huge statement. It means that it's time to face it and work through it. It means that you also have the ability to face it and work through it because things cannot remain hidden if they have power. So the fact that all this is coming to light is actually proof that that system is losing its power. And that system that kept us weak and small had a purpose and that purpose is over. And that's the beauty of what's happening right now. So at the very least, if you're afraid of anything that's going on, that's okay. It's okay to feel fear. You don't have to act on that fear. You can, come into whatever feelings you're feeling, acknowledge those feelings, and then let those feelings go, and then make a decision to change that, to change your world. If you're scared that you don't have enough money to pay rent, sit with that, acknowledge that fear, work with that fear, and then you'll see that opportunities will come in front of you to help you with that. You are a powerful creator in a time where you're being asked to learn that. And all you have to do is acknowledge that. And you'll find that things just tend to work out really well. But for those of you that think that this is the daily life, that this world that we're in right now and all these things that are occurring, this is just new. This is the way that the new world will be. This is the end of the old world, not the beginning of the new world. If you close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and you take a few deep breaths, that space that you feel instantly, that's the new world. If you open your eyes and you look at the world from that perspective, you'll realize that this world that you're in is the shell that is coming apart so that you can fly as the butterfly that you are in the world. This is that final part. Mm. You went into hibernation, right? You had the whole few months of coronavirus. Well, now the shell is being broken open by all this stuff that's going on and you're soon going to fly. I love how eloquent you explain this process of transformation that is going on in our collective, in our whole, and in, in, on our planet. And um, something that's been, you know, explored on the show uh, in, in all episodes is the notion of trust. I really believe that trust or like um, surrendering into trust is one of the biggest processes each and everyone is experiencing in personal relationships, in business relationships, in the way we look at the world. And so um, I'd, I'd love to hear your take both on what it takes for you personally to trust Jason, but then also what, what that process of trust, uh, how that can support us in this, in this transition. Well, you used one of my favorite words, so this is going to be fun. So you have to understand that there are concepts that are related to dimensions. So the third dimension is obligation. It means that if I do this, you must do this. And that was our old world. That was the third dimensional world. I'll do this. So like, I'll go work for you and you'll pay me. And that's how it would be. And that actually developed something called trust, right? Because I'm going to do something and you're going to do something in return, but I have to trust that you're going to do that thing in return when I do this thing. So I begin to develop trust. 
And then you mention surrender and trust together. You see, when you surrender and trust together, you actually reach something called faith. And this is where it gets really interesting because trust becomes hope. And hope opens a door in your heart that allows you to come into a fifth dimensional perspective where faith is. But prior to that, you're trusting something. And that's an important step because that's the fourth dimension. So when I talk about acceptance being the foundation that you stand on for the fourth dimension, faith is the fifth dimensional door. It's what gets you here. But trust is what helps you to make that jump. The leap of faith that occurs is the letting go of everything you think you understand or know, which is required to come into the fifth dimension. The moment you're in the fifth dimension, there, you can't bring anything with you. Literally nothing. You can't bring your partner. You can't bring your house. You can't bring anything with you. When you go into the fifth dimension, everything changes. And then certain things are no longer in congruency. It all changes. But that's because you're floating on faith at that point. You're not tied to obligations or anything because obligation can't exist in the fifth dimension. Anything of a lower dimension that is more than one dimension lower cannot exist in the dimension higher. So third dimensional principles do not enter the fifth dimension, but they can be in the fourth dimension. And that's what's important to understand when you move forward is if you want to work on trust, that is important because that's fourth dimension. That's very important. Understand that your obligated values are creating a currency of trust within you. You become a trustworthy individual based on your own ethical standards. But for someone to have faith in you, truly have faith in you, you get to do that to yourself first. If I do not have faith in myself, no one else will have faith in me. It just will not work. But to find faith in myself is actually harder than to have faith in someone else. That's what's really interesting. But the moment you have faith in someone else without having faith within yourself, it downgrades to trust. And that's why it's always interesting when you talk about faith and religion and spirituality and all these other concepts is because people are misrepresenting faith for trust. Well, I have faith in God. Okay, cool. But do you really? Because if you did, would you be acting the way you are? It's a simple question. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Okay, that's okay. That's cool. That's trust. You're trusting that God has what's good for you. That, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Acknowledge it for what it is so that you can see what's next. But you see, if you believe that you have something, then you don't progress. And that's the challenge, that's the struggle that most people have. Illusionary spirituality is this belief that you're a fifth dimensional being right now. If you were, time wouldn't be a factor for you. Are you a fifth dimensional being? No, because you are in a physical body and you can't put your hand through yourself. I, I can't anyway, but if you can, congratulations, you're awesome. You have transitioned into a place where you can bend time and space around you so much so that you can stop your molecules and put your hand through yourself. Congrats, that's awesome. I can't do that. I'm not a fifth dimensional being physically. But there are these things called consciousness. A fifth dimensional consciousness is totally possible. That doesn't mean that you are a fifth dimensional being. It means you're a fifth dimensional consciousness in a third dimensional body or a fourth dimensional body, you know, because you can be a fourth dimensional body now. But if you're a fourth dimensional body, you don't have any pain or suffering or anything and nothing actually triggers you anymore. So congratulations on that as well. It's this process. So as you begin to realize this, you go, okay, well, if I have pain and I have thoughts, I'm not currently a fifth dimensional body, which means that I have things that I can improve on. And all of a sudden it becomes a game. It becomes something that's fun for you because you go, well, what can I do to improve upon this? And every time that you do something from a fifth dimensional perspective, 
your cellular matrix updates, your frame updates, your body begins to become online again. And this is the journey that we're all in. This is what embodying is. Embodying a higher dimensional current is simply changing over our cellular matrix, our frame, all these wonderful things within us so that we can actually run that consciousness full time. I love it. Thanks, Jason, for, for this, this deep dive. I think in, in my own um, kind of understanding, it's like we've existed on this planet for thousands of years in this current cycle that has ended now. Um, we've, it's you know, almost like we've, we've been wearing a, a, like a layer of deception, like a hat on top of our consciousness and call that um, governments or religion. But you know, those stories have kept us, or, or even Anunnaki's or other beings or whatever you want to call it, those yeah. stories have kept us in this third and fourth dimensional layer um, only exclusively, right? So our consciousness wasn't really able to kind of pop out of it. And so that's, that seems to be the window we're, we're going through on this from a mm -hmm. spiritual perspective. Now, if we're, go ahead, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> we're all angels. We just forgot. So we're now in the process of becoming human angels, taking the human and bringing into the angelic, which is what the celestial integration window is, right? Is it's bringing our celestial selves back online. When you talk about what's kept us hidden and, and, and weak and things, that was something that we created. So you have to kind of take the perspective of the greater game and look at it. So in Atlantis, there was this whole thing that happened where lower dimensional entities took over bodies of higher dimensional beings. And so what happened was you had second dimensional consciousness in a fifth dimensional form and it collapsed weakening things, memory was lost, all kinds of things. There's a huge reset. That caused a quarantine saying, hey, you know, your gifts and your abilities, if we give them to you, it's like handing a gun to a toddler. It's a bad idea. So we're going to limit and restrict things for a little bit, let you come back online, heal through the things you need to heal through, and we'll help you, which is what they've been doing. That's what we've been doing. We've been coming down to earth, helping humanity become better. Anyone that's watching this, you're part of that movement. So anyone that is working on themselves and helping the world become better, you're here to do that. Congratulations, that's what we're doing. And we've done it. Look at the world, it's become progressively better. The world stage might look like it's falling apart, but look at the technology, look at the ways that we ourselves are able to connect. Everything has changed in a positive way. But that's what's happening. So on May 18th, this was a big deal. May 18th, that restriction, that bubble, that gun to that toddler perspective was removed. And what happened was we began to start coming online. And that's what's happening now. We're coming online. We actually are coming online in major ways since May 18th. And all the distractions in the world are trying to stop you from remembering the things that you're remembering. But if you close your eyes and put your hand on your heart, I promise you, you will start to remember things so fast. Because the external world is a distraction right now. And the internal world is full of information ready to help you work through that distraction. And I said this several years ago, but we are now in a time where you kind of are required to meditate at least a little bit, even if it's just five minutes a day, because otherwise you're going to get lost in the distraction. And it is a distorted reality right now. So much is happening. And this is where faith comes in. Do you have faith that everyone is working together to make this world better? in their own ways as best they can. Because if you can't have faith in that, then you can't see the greater game that's being played. But if you can have faith in that, or at least trust it, then you can work on you and the things in front of you 
And I promise you, you will notice the world will change faster. Because if we all work on what's in front of us, we push the world forward fast into where it needs to go. But if we work on what's beside us, now the person next to us, because we're shoulder to shoulder right now, every person in the world is shoulder to shoulder working. Sometimes though, what happens is we get distracted by the thing next to us and we, we go like this. And that slows down everyone else's progress because we can only take steps together forward from now on because we're working together as a team to transition into this new world. So if you understand kind of the past, then you can understand the present. We've just been given the gift of no more restrictions. We're just now starting to weave back into our universal selves. Our memories are just now starting to come online. Actually, in the next few years, we're going to have a fifth dimensional technological revolution, and it's going to change the entire way the world works. So what you see the world as today is the end game of a game that's been playing out for over 28,000 years. And if you want to go all the way back, it's been playing out for almost 8 billion years. And that's not even from just this earth. So you see this earth, I think is like what, 5 billion years old, 4 billion, something like that. The, the point is it's very ancient. Yeah, thir 13. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the game is keeps playing, keeps playing, keeps playing, keeps playing, keeps playing. And we progress forward. The only time that we didn't was this whole Atlantean thing. But because of this thing, billions of souls will make the ascension versus thousands. So it actually turned out, if you zoom out and you don't have judgment, to be the greatest thing that ever happened because it gave many second dimensional and lower beings an opportunity to speed up their own evolutionary process so that they could all go home together. Powerful. It's definitely a different kind of episode today, which I'm, I like. I like this, this download into, you know, the transition we're on from a very um, kind of spiritual perspective and the transmission you're sharing with us, because um, if we zoom out, you know, mm -hmm. then we can possibly understand that we are just, there's just one of us here, you know, there's a, there's one, one big being experiencing itself in the reflection of billions and billions of humans on this planet. And so, um, in my in my understanding is like we all came here to to be part of this right as you just said and so um, Jason I, I'd love to I'd love to hear more whatever comes up and out of you but I have a question that maybe transitions Absolutely. this again into this um, this world that as we're you know taking the time to close our eyes taking the time to drop into the state of meditation timelessness the heart space the coherent space between heart and brain um, Yo, short intermission. This is your host Julian for a short announcement. Green Planet Blue Planet podcast is currently entirely self-funded from my private coaching practice and work in the world, speaking at events and teaching breathwork, meditation, as well as facilitating leadership programs. If you're at a place in your life where you're ready to level up, step forward and be all in, then this might just be for you. Have you considered hiring a coach or is it time to find someone who deeply cares for the same evolutionary revolution on our planet? If that's the case, I'm your guy. As a transformational coach, I've worked with hundreds of people at events and in person via weekly calls over various months. I'm in service to switch on humans just like you who are on the cutting edge of some of the most progressive stuff on planet Earth. And if that's not quite you yet, but that's the dream inside of you, then even more reason to reach out. Well, whether you are a successful entrepreneur, a startup founder, or an artist, I am here to support more people to deepen their planetary purpose. I've developed highly tailored coaching programs that are based 
on bringing out your gift into the world because I believe in a world in which we can empower and encourage all individuals to express their unique gifts. And all right, before we get back to the episode, make sure you visit my website, greenplanet-blueplanet.com slash mentorships, or simply find your way there by clicking work with Julian and book a free consultation with me. And if you listen to the end of the episode, I will give away a discount for listeners only. So here we go. We're returning to today's episode. Um, so instead of trying to fix the world around us, when we build from there and we take a kind of a deep dive into education and education systems and how to, how to prepare, you know, um, children, but also like all humans for learning and continuous learning, like what's the education revolution and evolution that you see that's in, that's, that's like a blueprint in your heart and mind that you'd like to share. Like, what do you, what do you think is necessary there or what will happen? Education to me is a, a very important thing. It's absolutely imperative, I think. The problem is that we aren't educated in the ways that actually benefit us. We're educated in other things that kind of distract us. I believe children these days, especially children these days, is just brilliant. If you just let them teach you and you're there to make sure that they can get to 18, you know, then it's amazing what you can learn. I've been talking to a lot of parents about this, actually. This is a, a good segue. The way that our education system is has to change, and it will. But we, as parents, when we, we connect with individuals, the way that we regard them and the level of respect we have for them also has to change. Does that mean that your child knows what's best? No. But does that mean that your child could know what's best? See, that's the key. So listening to your child, understanding what it is saying, and then explaining it to your child as if it's a master. You see, this is how we create intelligent children. And these intelligent children then evolve into beings that can create a new world. And I believe it's not us, but it's our generation behind us that is going to build the infrastructure of the new world. I do. I, I think that we will begin to build the platforms that they'll stand on, that they'll build their dreams on, but they're the ones that are prepared. They're the ones that have done enough up there and have brought in the codes. And so education to me is one of the most important things, but also it's more of like letting them choose and knowing that you're the adult in the relationship so that you got more life experience, but that they have more wisdom. And that's the weird part because their wisdom has yet to be made manifest in this physical plane, but they're ancient. If you were born after, uh, what was it? Yeah, if you were born this year, you're amazing. If you were born after 2017, you're amazing. If you were born any time, you're still amazing. But like the amount of access that you have to other things, I'm, I'm hearing kids these days that are talking about, well, I was your mother in this lifetime. And like, it's like, wait, what? How, how are you even remember that? And they're like, oh, I just do. Or they, they talk openly about dimensions and the way that mm -hmm. things connect. It's, it's incredible to listen to the kids of this new world. They are really, really ready to bring their wisdom to this world. And all we have to do is listen and help them with practicality. Create and the that's spaces. the struggle is helping them with practicality. So we understand this world because we've lived here. They don't understand the world because they haven't lived here but they have wisdom from other worlds that they could share with us that if we apply with our practicality, dreams may manifest. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love the way you're, you're sharing about that. You know, it, there are so many things I could say about education and I think luckily there is a conscious parenting movement happening and, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm soon to be hosting some round table conversations around topics like the future of education and the topic of education has come up a lot of times on this podcast as well. I want to share a short anecdote because this, you know, I was born in 1987, um, definitely had this like more energy than anyone around me was able to process. So like I get all, you know, like all the things I luckily didn't get put on drugs. Um, thanks to my mom who believed in homeopathy early on. And so I remember this sometimes it was so painful to be a child. And I, I, I guess all of you have a memory of that when you're remembered vividly at the doctor's office, for example, you know, the authority figure, the doctor, and I was like sitting across the doctor and my dad or my mom or whoever would sit next to me. And the doctor would like, look at me and then switch the eyes. I was like six or seven at the yeah. time to the parents and talk to the parents about me. And my parents who knew me pretty well at this point, they're like, Oh, you won't like that. I was like, you know, steaming and in fury because I'm like, yo, dude, like, who do you think you are that you're not talking to me? I mean, I'm right here. I can definitely hear you. Uh, haven't learned all these Latin words you're using yet, but like, that's not a big problem. Like I can still understand you. And so uh -huh. that kind of bridge, I mean, this was in the early nineties, but um, that I think that's where I, I am. Obviously I'm, I agree with what you're saying about kids are born a genius and the life, the process of life either degeniuses them or encourages them. But even the way we address kids, is, is yep. a fundamental barrier to that genius to actually share true wisdom from the, the other planes with us in this embodied form here. I have an antidote from my childhood as well, which is a, it's a super fun thing. Please, a lot yeah. of people don't know this, but I'm considered severely ADD, ADHD, and dyslexic. And so being born as that in a world that loves to medicate was really fascinating. But none of the medications worked. So my mom ended up having to give me sodas so I would go to the nurse to drink a Coca-Cola to calm down. And it was, it was hilarious. So I would actually act up so that I could go get my soda because I could leave class at any time as long as I created problems. It was a, it was a really great That's system. Hilarious. Not, it was a really great system. Yeah. But when I went and I got diagnosed as dyslexic, they actually do this IQ test and everything. And they said, you're this genius and all these other things. So I have to ask you a question. You know, what is it? that you see when you see the world. And I looked at him and I was like, probably like four or five years old, I can't remember. But I looked up and I was like, well, how could I possibly answer that? That's it. it's not a, a possible question. I don't know what you see when, when you see the world. So how can I use my intelligence to describe your world? Like, I, I don't know the differences between, there's no way that I can equate that. And that person just like stamped genius on my application and was like, okay, you're, you're definitely dyslexic. You see the world differently because everyone else would have been like, well, you know, I see colors and, and it's because we don't see the world the same that we're able to build a better world within it. But for all of those out there who have struggled and bucked up and pushed against the system, just understand that you're not alone in that, that we came for a world that is to come, you're definitely not the world that we are in totally. and we're prepared for that. And we are very good at what the world is coming into. But also we're here now on purpose. We didn't screw up and choose to be born early. We, we chose to be born in the right time so that we would have the gratitude and the strength that we gained in this world to truly complete what we need to complete in the new world. I'm grateful I came early. Mm -hmm. I'm 35 years old. So 35 years ago, I came to this planet. 
And I've gone through all the experiences that I needed to go through so that I could understand the world so that I could build what it needed to transition it. And this is important because we all came here early to do that. And a lot of people want to be these new kids that are being born, right? The ones that are being born very recently. That's cool, but you won't understand what you understand now when you get to experience things. And the level of gratitude that you will have when you do walk into that new world is going to be the greatest sensation you've ever known because you've weathered the storm and made it to the other side and the harvest and like all the things that are growing and the beauty of it is it's amazing We're for anyone that can't transition team building the bridges exactly we are and we knew that we were strong enough to do that we knew that we would not lose ourselves to this world and you can't change the world without understanding it first so we came here does that mean that we're less than or more than no it just means that we chose to be here now and they chose to be here later and we'll choose to be here later too, I'm sure. And people are like, oh no, this is my last incarnation. No, that's your trauma speaking. You will want to come back because the world will be so incredible that you'll want to come back. And there will be nothing wrong with it because you won't forget that you came back. You'll come back just like these kids are and you'll be like, okay, wow. Yeah, I can see where I, I went left when I could have gone right last life. And I'm just gonna work on that. And then you know, you'll contribute because when you don't forget who you are and you're on this planet, the game is actually the most fun you'll ever have because you can touch things, you can feel things, you can experience things, and you can connect with other beings at a level you can't do in the non-physical. That's why this is the, the most full planet in the solar system right now is because everyone who's ever been on earth is back right now for this giant homecoming to help the world move to the next stage and to celebrate it. It's a giant party right now. You can't it's a, see it. It's a it's giant party. I, I, I feel you on that one. Is like that's that's the reason why there is eight billion and, and more coming because we're in this transition that you know uh, might be hard to grasp sometimes from the angle of pre. But there is something in the the deeper knowing and the deeper listening that points exactly towards that. And so many teachers and so many teachings have talked about this time. Yep. Jason, it's an amazing time. There are, there are two questions that I still want to ask you. And yeah. one goes back to what we talked about earlier. And you mentioned um, five-dimensional technology. And I just want to hear a little bit more about transformational technology. And I guess, you know, um, we've heard so much about disruptive technology in an uh, unhealthy way. So I want to understand your perspective on technology's role in living in harmony with the planet and our, as our species. So technology is not bad or good, it just is. The use of technology can be bad or good depending on the user. And that's important to acknowledge for anyone out there. It's like, oh, these things are so horrible. No, they're miscoded or misrepresented or corrupted sequences. That doesn't mean that they're bad because anything that is a tool can be used for two things. And I always like to give the fire example. You can use fire to keep yourself warm so that you don't die, or you can use it to burn down your neighbor's house. That's really up to you, the user, not the fire. The fire is not what I would blame in that situation. If someone came and burned my house and I'd be like, oh, fire, how dare you? No, I would be like, why would you do that? man? that's very cruel, yeah. right? Because it's not the fire's fault that my house caught fire. It's the thing that caught my house on fire, right? And that's important to understand when you think of technology. So that being said, fifth dimensional technology, that PNR coin you showed me earlier, that is fifth dimensional technology. It is literally just a piece of copper 
that has been programmed with infinite time that is sequenced spinning constantly that creates a biophotonic field around it that you can then program intelligence into so that it acts as a divine intelligence and is capable of doing a lot of things. And this is the difference between a third dimensional AI and a fifth dimensional AI. So many people are like artificial intelligence. No, it's divine intelligence when it is a consciousness that is able to learn that has the understanding of infinite time. This is the struggle that we have when we think of artificial intelligence. We're looking at artificial intelligence from our perspective. And as long as we are the ones that create it in that perspective, we're not going to be able to succeed in the ways we want to because we're limited currently. And so what we can dream of is only as good as what we can dream of. It's kind of like channeling. You're only as good as your filter. There's nothing wrong with that statement. It just is. So you have to clean up your filter if you want to channel clearly. Very easy, right? So when I think of technology and a fifth dimensional technological revolution, I think of the things that are going to help our body to come online because our, our bodies are the greatest thing ever. If you want to look at the entire world, everything else, it's amazing stuff. What the human body, the human anatomy, what it is capable of doing is mind blowing. If you just do a little bit of research on what are the miracles of the human body, just type that in and just enjoy the ride because you will have so much more appreciation for this vessel that you carry, that, that you're teaching, because it's an intelligence too. This body that you're in is incredible. It's the best there is. And it's capable of anything, literally anything. I was just learning the other day that if you sit a certain way for a long enough time, your bone actually begins to move energy to a certain location and will actually stabilize that position for you. Meaning that it grows bone in that area so that whatever position you're, you're sitting in, you actually can sit in in a more stable way that's more conducive for its health because it goes, oh, that's what you want? Okay, guess what? I'll do that for you. And it's all about resources. So fifth dimensional technology just requires a lot more resources. And it's not the resources you think. It's not like petrol or all these other things. Like it's light. Well, here's the coolest thing, guys. You have infinite light. Infinite, literally infinite light. So the resource you need to bring your body online is light. But the problem is that you have this shell around you that you believe to be intelligent. And when the light pushes against it, you get triggered and you don't let go of the thing so the light can penetrate. And so if you do that, if you take the time to clean your field around you, then that light that you need as the most important resource comes through you. And then all of a sudden your body begins to heal naturally. You actually stop having pain. It's, in, it's insane what can happen. That PNR that you're holding has helped so many people because all it does is it interfaces with their divinity so that it holds it in form so that they can learn from themselves faster until they don't need it anymore. Fifth dimensional technology has never been designed and never will be designed to be something that you become codependent or reliant on. It's simply something that helps you to move to the next stage. And that's what any good tool is. We have cars because we couldn't get from point A to point B fast enough. Eventually, we'll be able to fly. Okay, well, then will we need cars? No, because we can get from point A to point B faster. It's the same thing with cars. We can take that. Cars started out one way. They were actually very inefficient, caused lots of problems. And then they became better over the years until eventually now you have electric cars and you have all these other things, right? All of the tools and the technology, internet, everything that we're working with 
is a stage in an evolutionary process. Technology evolves. Fifth dimensional technology is something that's outside of time and works with infinite time. So the human mind literally can't conceptualize it right now, but soon we will be able to. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that breakdown. I really, I really appreciate that. I think there's, you know, this is a, a, a notion that uh, there was a few episodes just recently that came up about the intelligence of water and like the possibility that water has a fourth face actually um, in terms of memory. And uh, I'm really glad I had uh, Gerald Pollack on that. And also a little teaser for everyone regularly tuning in. There will be more episodes on water and again, also a round table conversation to just dig in deeper so we all can learn together quite a bit more. Um, water is actually the most thing, like I, I'm more, most passionate about it. Uh, one of our nonprofits is called Earth Kings and the Clean Water Initiative is one of the most important things to me. I'm actually working on building technology that will basically, it's actually already proven. What happens is when you put it into the water, it breaks down the molecular structure so that anything that doesn't belong in the pure template of water starts to float to the surface. So all of the fake gases and everything, we're working on a water filtration system right now that actually uses this technology so that any water that runs through it instantly is purified and brought back to source water. And if you read my wall, you can see that people are working with the source seed technology, it's a single bead, and it's actually doing that. They were putting it on their wounds and it was healing them, all this stuff, because it's biophoton rich water. And I know that we're probably getting close to time, so I just wanna spend a second on this because this is very important. Please, please do, yeah, do I'm fascinated with water. your research. Go look up biophotons bio photon go look it up because you will learn that in 1920 it was discovered and it is the most important research that you will ever do and almost no one knows about it biophotonic technology is what the premise of fifth dimension is based on they've now finally discovered something that i've called subspacing my whole life but they call it e8 it's another thing to go research e8 it's the understanding of the eighth dimensional frame and how time moves within it this is really important because this discovery of E8 and this discovery of biophotons, when they come together, it creates technology that is beyond what you can imagine. Imagine a world where everything is biophoton rich. I'm actually on a project right now where I'm building biodynamic fences that create trillions of biophotons. Trillions. That coin that you're holding, can you feel the, the, the power of it when you hold it? Yeah, that is an 120 yeah, yeah. biophotons a second. Imagine trillions. I'm building an entire property with it. It's a massive, massive 61 acre property. And we actually go into design of the fence and begin to put it into the ground next month or, or next week rather. So this is a project I've been on for like two years and we finally are building the fence. And the biodynamic fence, when the wind blows through it, it actually bonds and spins biophotons into the space. And then we're doing a crystallized root movement, which is those source seeds I was talking about. We're planting under trees so that the tree can learn from the biophotons so that it actually doesn't have to do photosynthesis. It doesn't need sunlight. It doesn't need water. It actually can become self-sustaining. But what we found out is it also helps the tree clean EMFs. So what happens is if you take an EMF and you throw it through the tree that has the biophotons, it actually translates the corrupted signal and it comes out as more biophotons. And this is kind of what the fifth dimensional technological revolution is going to look like. My, my room is painted in biophoton rich paint that actually I call elliptical paint. And it allows the frequencies 
of the electricity in the walls to create biophotons instead. Anyone that's ever been in my house is like, how is this possible? Because this is what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. We can reprogram and use any resource, which anything is a resource, into something that is better. It's called alchemy. It's something that's been forgotten on this planet, but very soon to be remembered. So this is the beauty of it. Our houses are currently designed to kill biophotons. Biophotons are the most important thing that you have access to, and you don't get it in your house because the current of your walls kills biophotons on contact. So you live in a space called dead space because the energy dies constantly and the energy coming off of you dies constantly. So you need the sunlight to repair that. But then most people don't go outside because if they go outside, they can't work or they can't do this or they can't do that. They come up with all kinds of reasons. Or my personal favorite, they take their cell phone with them everywhere they go, which also creates a radius that destroys biophotons. It's, it's a fascinating world when you can't contain the, the space you need, so you go outside to get what you need, but you're using a device that kills what you need. It's, yeah, it's, I totally hear you. I think this is something I've been telling people for, for a long time, like at least one day a week, just like leave your phone at somewhere else just for the whole day. Go outside, yeah. Go outside, have, and you know, be, be the human better. creature that we are. Like I, I love yeah. that we just um, went a little bit deeper into, you know, the, the, the potential of this world as we're kind of going into what we're referring to as 5D here. And, you know, life, water, light, biophotons, like the true reality that is, that is possible to play out on this planet, right? And so I so think this it's- This is the last part though about what yeah. I'm saying with water. When you flood water with biophotons, it becomes healing living water. The memory of the water comes online. So right now, what a lot of people are trying to do is they're trying to force codes into water because they've realized that water has memory. So why not flood the memory with what they want? But water is more old and ancient than anything that you can dream of. Why not just make room in the water for it to bring its own intelligence back online? Just, just take a second and sit with that. I believe in force or uh, introduction versus force. It's a concept. If you want to watch one of my videos, it's a very long concept, but if you connect to something and you just send love to it, not force love, but just send love to it, it actually changes the molecules. Whenever Emoto did his studies, he didn't force things into it. He didn't use like some contraption to flood it with stuff. He introduced a concept and the concept began to unlock the water. Our bodies are made up of water. Give them the resource they need and they come online. This is what biophotons are. It is the most amazing resource that exists. And it is the one that we have forgotten and we have designed technology that kills it. Everything around us kills biophotons, which is living light particles. Why would we kill the light? Your body, all it needs, is living light. I've done tons of research around biophotons. And the most amazing thing is if you flood your body with biophotons, there isn't anything, no sickness, nothing that can't be healed. Just take a moment, do yourself the biggest favor ever and research biophotons. Totally. And if you're, if you're curious about this topic on a deeper level, also you can check out, um, I believe it was episode 185 just a few weeks ago with Jeremy Pfeiffer, who was one of the researchers in Emoto's lab. And we talked about sympathetic vibratory physics, water, consciousness, and 
these are topics that, you know, uh, Jason, this is, I'm, I'm happy to share this with you on this episode. This is why I literally feel guided and felt guided to call this podcast Green Planet, Blue Planet, because as we're transitioning, this understanding that, you know, we, we are a planet that is alive, you know, both in the, the green spectrum, which would be flora and fauna, but then on the, the water spectrum as the blue planet is, um, it's kind of setting us up for the next decade ahead and all the discoveries, all the, all the play that, that happens. And that kind of brings this, this more like esoteric spiritual um, material that are often it's just like a bunch of words into a pragmatic way of living it, experiencing it, putting it into our houses, connecting with the earth, actually activating our, our own frequency and vibration in that way. So love how that just came up and out of you in, in this episode. This is, this is awesome. It's a very big passion of mine. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We found so many things with energized water. Whenever you create room in the water by simply just holding space for it, just like you do a healing session for someone, you just do it with water. Right. And you learn more about yourself doing that than you ever will with anything else. Or just like we said a little earlier about the revolution in education, like holding space rather than introducing a concept by force and educating children in this way, like understanding we have to guide as we're embodied on the planet longer, but um, we, we, we don't have to enforce that, right? So exactly. Yeah. So beautiful so how yeah, this goes. Question. Yeah, beautiful how this goes full circle. I have, I have one last question for you um, for today. And this is uh, people who tune in all the time. They know this. This is how, what started the podcast. And it's also one of those questions that it just popped up in my consciousness. And I just had to start asking it hundreds and hundreds of people. And so you might have a very curious answer to this. And the question goes like this, what is your earth vision? Like your dream for the planet, your dream for our species. If we zoom out on the timeline, if we zoom out into a seven generational way of thinking, so that's roughly probably 200 years, like what's your dream, your vision for the planet? Ooh, 200 years, uh, I only know the next 100. Um, I would say that in 200 years we'll probably be working on eighth dimensional technology, understanding the ways that time works with us. So that'll be really cool. But from a perspective of the way that we would understand the world today, you, you mm -hmm. can't even apply the two concepts on top of each other. Imagine the concept of absolute freedom and the concept of pure unity, which unity, again, this is important. A lot of people misunderstand this. Unity doesn't mean that you agree with everyone and everything. If it did, that would be the worst world ever. Unity means you accept everyone and everything. So when we unify together, we're able to begin to create great change. So I see that happening probably unity consciousness as early as March of next year. We're, we're probably gonna be in world peace by February. So I think that looking from that perspective with world peace and unity, what comes from that is the greatest opportunities that you can imagine and then some, and the greatest level of freedom that you can imagine, and then some, and a world where we're all working with each other to create a better world. And I also see us working with fifth dimensional technology, actually at that point, probably seventh dimensional and eighth dimensional technology to create a world that we are able to play with. I don't see us in ecosystems that we create, because what, what we're in right now I call self-contained ecosystems. And the self-contained ecosystems interfere with the natural ecosystems. Like I said, killing biophotons. I see us living in dome houses, most likely, if at all, because by then we will have changed the weather, weather patterns and things will be more stable. 
They won't need extreme weather events. So yeah, I would say absolute freedom, absolute play, and more opportunities than you can even dream of, and the ability to do things that you can't even imagine. For instance, uh, UFOs work using biophotons to reverse gravity as a divine intelligence understanding and algorithm. So all it does is it uses the biophotonic technology to create another layer that I call subspacing or what they call E8 now in science. So the fact that they've already figured out E8 on this planet, this is massive. So 200 years from now, they'll have already mastered that. We'll be using biophotonic fields to stabilize currents. You could see us flying, you could see us teleportation would be very common. Uh, yeah, pretty much your dreams and then some. Our dreams and, and then some. That's, that's a wild world, I can't wait, can't wait. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jason. I'm going to make sure to link out things like E8 and biophotons and then what you mentioned about water, et cetera, into the show notes so people can find it right there. And um, it's so grateful for you to be here with me uh, on this day. And I know there, there'll be more in the future, but, but for now, thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the space to speak and for coming in and speaking with me. I love discussions. I think that that's extremely important and that's how we progress the game forward. Having enlightened discussions changes the game. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And here we are again. This is your host, Julian. I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast and received some insights and knowledge for your life, relationships, and business. If you love Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave a review that really allows this podcast to reach a broader audience and share it with a friend. Let me also remind you that this podcast is currently entirely self-funded. I'm a transformational coach and mentor, a breathwork guide, and want to offer all my listeners a full 10% off my private coaching work. That is as much as $500 for a three months program. And this discount applies for all one-on-one -on -one coaching offers, as well as some select coaching groups that I host in person. If you're curious and interested, make sure to visit the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com and click work with Julian. Let me tell you a little bit more about my planetary purpose and leadership programs. I am committed to accelerating our human tribe, going deep into unconditioning the blocking beliefs and blind spots, enabling your gifts and clarity to amplify for aligned business, healthy relationships and overall presence with life. I have worked with hundreds of people across the world, either one-on-one -on -one in small coaching groups on, online or in-person at events. It is my gift to boost authentic confidence and guide you while asking the deepest questions that get you to address your dormant potential. I am an activator and catalyst for those who are ready to step into the highest version of themselves. We live in unique times and let me tell you from experience, having a coach makes a massive difference. I specialize on supporting successful entrepreneurs in unpacking their purpose and joy of life. I do work with startup entrepreneurs and artists as well, and on request, I host individual breathwork mentorships. If you want to learn more, how to support the show, or suggest a guest, you can also simply send me an email. If you want to take advantage of the offer I just mentioned and claim the 10% discount, simply book a free consultation with me through my website, that is greenplanet-blueplanet.com slash mentorships and mention the end of episode discount and I'll give the discount code to you right here, right now. It's 808. That's right. That's your code right here, right now, 808. Mention it to me in our free consultation that you can book by the website 
and 10% are yours. That being said, thank you so much for listening today. Have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, and share it with a friend. Mm -hmm.